This is a painful time for black people right now. We are not okay. It is not okay. What in the world is going on? We have got to do better. You're listening to the Leverage Your Incredible Factor Business Podcast, the place to be to leverage and scale a business that serves you financially and spiritually. I'm your host, spiritual business growth coach, Darnell Jersey Harmon. Join me each week for inspiring stories, powerful interviews, and business growth strategies to help you to experience abundance in your life because of your business. If you are ready to play and pray bigger, let's get this party started. Oh, and if this happens to be your very first time joining me, there's a couple of things I want you to know about me. First and foremost, I'm not new to this, I'm true to this. For more than 10 years, I have been growing businesses, period. I am the absolute best at combining spiritual principles with business growth strategy to turn entrepreneurs into multiple six and seven figure CEOs. And I believe you don't have to choose. Yes, you can love God and make boatloads of money. Oh, and I don't do hustle and grind. I do spirituality and systems. And I'm on a mission to create even more multiple six and seven figure business owners. And you might be wondering what exactly it is that I mean by the incredible factor. And if so, I invite you to go all the way back to our very first episode called Exactly What is the Incredible Factor, where I'll break it all the way down for you. Oh, and there's even a really cool worksheet that will help you to define, own, unleash, leverage, and ultimately scale yours. I'm Tickle Purple that you're listening in today. Hello, incredible ones. Darnielle here with a special episode of the Leverage Your Incredible Factor Business Podcast. And you just heard Marvin Gaye's What's Going On, because right now, that is the only thing that is ringing in my spirit. And I just want to start, before I even jump in, this podcast episode will likely trigger emotion because I am emotional. This podcast episode hopefully won't make you more upset. It'll instead help you to channel the anger that you might be feeling if, like me, you are a Black American. But more than anything, I needed to get this out of my system because I need to know what's going on. I mean, as you know, it's no secret. If you are listening to me on this podcast, whether it's your first time or the next time, you know that I'm a Black woman. And you may or may not know that I'm married to a Black man. I have a Black father, I have Black brothers, and I have Black nieces and nephews. And I have to be honest with you, right now, I am at a loss about what is going on. Now, if I can be completely honest with you, what has transpired in our country over the last few days has hit me harder than the combined deaths of Amadou Diallo, Manuel Loggins Jr., Ronald Madison, Kendra James, Sean Bell, Eric Garner, Michael Brown, Alton Sterling, and Trayvon Martin, and the host of others that didn't make the news, I didn't remember in this moment, 
all of that, the ripple effect over the last three senseless deaths that I'm still processing, that you are still processing, that the world is processing Breonna Taylor, Ahmaud Arbery, and George Floyd, they are impacting me greatly. And I, I cannot promise you that there will not be tears from me during this episode. I can't promise you that. I have been silent. I have not been saying too much on social media. I've just been praying because that's really all I have right now is prayer. Like I literally have been crying and praying. Can I tell you that I had to beg my husband not to leave the house for fear that his compliance would be perceived as resistance? All I've been doing is praying and crying and praying some more. I pray because honestly, I don't know what else to do. I pray because I, a black woman, I feel helpless. I pray because I, a black woman, am pissed off. I'm outraged. I pray because I, a black woman, remember back to when I was in corporate America. I used to work for a company called MBNA America. And I realized very earlier into my career in management that my brilliance would never overshadow my skin color. Let me tell that story to you. So um, it was 2001, I think, when I became a personal banking officer at MBNA. And when you become a personal banking officer, like that's the first step in leadership. And so as a part of that, at some point in time, it's likely that your role is gonna mean that you are managing the efforts of others. And so the company puts you through a series of workshops just to help you to be able to navigate what is probably going to become part of your life experience as a manager, as a person managing the efforts of others within that organization. And so they put you through this series of workshops. And this particular workshop, I remember it like it was yesterday, although it was not. And the, the way I feel right now is, is that all over again. Like, Yo. <laughs> so anyway, let me tell the story. So I, um, I was a new officer and I was attending this class, treating people as important individuals, right? Treating people as important individuals was the name of the class. And so in this class, there were about 40 leaders, varying levels, personal banking officer up until assistant vice president, um, mostly white people. Of course, the, the layout of the company was mostly white people. Uh, about a handful and a half of Asian people, about a handful of Hispanic people, and me, one black person, one person of extreme color. And so the leader of the class began us on a path and a trajectory to help us to become more tolerable of differences and to talk about diversity and inclusion. And the class started well. And then about halfway through the morning, we started this activity where we were given two easels, two, uh, two of the pages on an easel board, and we had to write what we had heard and experienced about our race that was positive and what we had heard and experienced about our race that was negative. 
And so, you know, each race was grouped together, but because I was the only black person in the class, I was by myself. And so I'm writing on the board and I'm writing the, the positive and the negatives, the highs and the lows. I'm telling the story. I'm talking about how I have heard and I have even said that black people are lazy because I had no black, lazy black people. I'm writing that, you know, that there are angry black people for good reason. I'm writing that there are talented and brilliant and innovative and, and creative and inventive black people because that is our history. You know, black history is history. I'm writing all of this down. And so we get through that portion of the activity, positives and negatives. And then the next part is that each of us are to go to the other groups and we are to co-sign through use of a sticker those beliefs, those stereotypes, those things we've heard about the other races that we believe to be true within ourselves. And so I you know, go to the white and I write what I agree with. The Asians, the Hispanics, every nationality present and um, every, every ethnicity present. And then I return to my board. And so when I return to my boards, I noticed that the only things with stickers are the negative connotations of black people. Some of these people that are in the room with me are in my same department and we co-manage together. Like we're peers, we're colleagues and I am livid. And you know what guys, I cannot contain myself. <laughs> uh, as a black woman, I have a temper. Now I can control and keep my temper under wraps in most cases, but in this particular instance, I could not contain myself. And so we, we come back together and we're sitting back in our seats and the facilitator opens up the room for an, a, a share, right? For us to share about the experience. And I raise my hand and she calls on me first and I stand and I say, I am so confused. I am hurt. I am frustrated. I'm pissed off right now, if I can be honest, because I'm in the room with some people who work in my department who manage with me every single day. And you guys don't think that black people, which includes me, are talented, are innovative, are creative, are inventive. By show of hands, how many of you watch Oprah? This is 2001, so Oprah's still on TV. And um, hands go up all around the room. How many of you watch The Cosby Show? Again, I'm the only black person in the class. Hands go up all around the room. Hands are lifted at the entertaining nature, the innovativeness, the, you know, all of this. And so I say, so none of you think, who, who in here doesn't think that Oprah is brilliant? Who doesn't think that she is intelligent? No hand is up. So they all think she's intelligent, but not one of them put a dot next to those positive things on my board. <laughs> I'm livid, as I said. And so I think we, I create a break. <laughs> the energy in the room is off. Uh, there's a massive elephant smack dab in the center and we go to a break. I immediately march out of that education classroom up to my office suite, to my director's office. I go right past his assistant. I do not ask, can I talk to him? I walk right into his office and I tell him that I am upset. I tell him, I describe to him what I just experienced in the class and how I don't want to work for a company that does not believe that as a black person, I have anything to add of value to the conversation. He in turn is livid. He's not a black man, by the way. He picks up his phone and he calls the equivalent to his position. And this is the, 
I'm talking to a senior executive vice president, the managing director of my department. He calls to his counterpart in education and Brian Hennings was his name. And um, he's like, Brian, I've got Darnielle Jervy in my office and she's attending, treating people as important individuals and she's upset. And so he begins to break down what I've explained. Eventually he just ends up putting the phone on speaker so that I can tell my story to Brian. And um, they pull the class. We never come back from the break. The class is done and then I get put on a um, task force, if you will, to help redesign the course. And, and the reason why I'm speaking now, although I couldn't speak over the weekend when it was height and when, you know, Market Street in Wilmington, Delaware was like thrown apart because people are rioting and people are burning things down. And I could not speak. I could only pray and I could only cry. And why I'm speaking now is because it was brought to my remembrance that although my brilliance would never be overshadowed by my skin color, if I raise my voice, it will make a difference because I raised my voice to Michael Keyports and he did something about it. And so that is why I'm doing this special episode. I had a whole series prepared for you guys that was going to start with this episode. The series was supposed to talk about uh, as a country, us, us becoming reunited as many cities and states reopen following the COVID-19 pandemic. But no, we can't talk about that today. We can't talk about that because I'm upset because I've had to pray and cry because I, a black woman, am not okay what's happening in our country. Let me tell you another story. So many of you may know, and if you don't, if you follow me on, on social media or you're on my list, then you absolutely are aware that a couple of years ago, my husband and I built a home, which we call Harmon Manor. It was our then dream home because before we built it, it was everything we wanted in a home. But now that we live here, we have bigger aspirations. I hope you know that exposure creates expansion. And so our, our being exposed to the 7,700 square foot home has exposed us to a new reality of wanting something bigger and greater a few years down the line, once there's some little Harmons. Um, anyway, when we were building our home, and our home is a Toll Brothers home. If you know anything about Toll Brothers, they are a luxury builder. In the United States, we are probably overpaying for our home, but our home is gorgeous. And um, we remember when we were in the building process, walking into the framing of our home, it was before the walls, or the, the walls were up, the roof was on, it was still in the initial framing process. I remember when I, a black woman, accompanied by my black husband, a black man, um, entered into the framing of our home to find the words nigger and cunt spray painted in orange inside of what would have been the living room and dining room. I'm, I'm outraged y'all. And although I'm outraged, I am not interested in creating more hate, spewing more fire. I'm really interested in offering insight and solutions of how we, how possibly we come away from this, but it is not okay, right? There are two pandemics going on right now in this country, COVID-19 and racial injustice. As a black woman, the color of my skin will always perceive me. And that is not okay. 
And unless you've been under your house, right? I know we're on the stay at home order. Many of you aren't paying attention to that, but that's probably an entirely different episode. You've seen the unrest. You've heard or experienced, you could cut through with a knife, the racial underturns, the upheaval and how it's playing out in a way that doesn't honor all people, which include black ones. I attended a, a live event training this past weekend and I was floored over how there were 1,400 people, many of whom were in the United States, some were not, and I have no idea. I would say probably 25% of the audience looked like me. And do you know that the meeting host made not one mention about what was going on in our country? Not one, not, not, not a, this is not okay, I'm not okay with it. Here's what we're going to do, nothing. They ignored it. It is not okay to be ignored. And I'm apologizing because I know you can hear that the elevation in my voice and the elevation is because I need to make this point. I need, I need you to know that black people, not only because I'm a black person, I see you, I feel you, I get it, it is not okay. And I wanna use my platform to talk about it. And I realize this is a podcast. And so, of course, because it's a podcast, there is no way for you to talk back on me. But you best believe now that I've found my voice, now that in, in praying and seeking God, I've gotten clarity about what I should say. I hope you know. And if you didn't know, now you know that I will be going live from my personal page. Can I tell you, I haven't done a Facebook Live from my personal page in a long time. But it is not okay. White leaders, it is not okay to be to be absent and to say nothing. And, and I, may, I may lose some subscribers. I may not get um, people who are listening to this after this is over, but I have to say it. Like right now I'm thinking about, and I won't say any names because again, I'm, I'm speaking my truth, but I also am not trying to create more animosity. There's enough of that going around. But I've made a firm decision that right now I'm not spending not narrow one of my dollars as a black woman with anyone who does it not acknowledge and just let me know that they see me that I matter to them someone I saw someone post on social media all lives matters yes all lives do matter and guess what all lives need to include the black lives that are being taken senselessly right now like it's not okay you guys what is going on. That's why I had to play Marvin, because I don't know. As the chorus of the song says, far too many of you are dying. And as a Black woman business leader, as tough it, as it is to deal with what's going on right now, let alone speak on it, like this is not my comfort happy place. I have to speak up and I have to tell it from my vantage point because people are looking to me. You guys come back to this podcast every single week because you want to hear my view. And it is not okay that I remain tired. And I'm tired. I'm tired of the injustice. I'm tired of the placating. I'm tired of the politically correct responses when my people, Black people, are hurting. And just so we are clear, I have nothing but love in my heart for everyone, whether you're Black, White, Asian, Filipino. If you're my favorite color, purple, if your skin is purple, I have nothing but love for you. But what is going on is not okay. And what this isn't, this is not a racial tirade. This is not an angry Black woman um, trying to incite violence. 
because I don't think it's okay, but listen to me. Martin Luther King, I believe, said it best when he said, and I quote, that riots, I'm trying to get pull up the quote, a riot is the language of the unheard. That's why people are rioting, because Black people, we feel unheard. We feel like we don't matter. We feel like we don't matter. Like, I was just talking with members of my team, two members of my team, who, by the way, are Asian and Filipino, by the way. And we were talking about the fact that as Black, as a Black person, I have been racially profiled. I have walked into a store, a high-end store, which I could afford to shop in because I have more money than probably a lot of people. But because I'm Black, I would be followed around by the salesperson because they think that I might steal. And it's not okay. It's not okay. I had been quiet because I didn't really know what to say. But now I'm finding my voice. And what I'm hoping that those of you who are listening to me, white, black, Asian, Hispanic, Filipino, and the, the multitude of other ethnicities and races that exist in this beautiful melting pot of a country that we live in, it is not okay. And we need to speak up. Right now, there are still flames ignited in cities. And it is possible that you, whether you're black or white or, or any other ethnicity, are confused, you're afraid, you're staying quiet, and or you're losing your sanity. Yeah, it's not okay. And we have to speak up. People need to hear from you. And especially if you are listening to me right now and you have clients that are black, you have customers that are black, people are spending their dollars with you that are black, you need to check on them. Because this is not okay. Silence is not okay. Politically correct answers are not okay. Not taking ownership. Listen, I know you didn't do it personally. But not acknowledging it is so insensitive. So insensitive. We've got to do better. Martin Luther King um, has another quote that I really love. There comes a time when silence is a betrayal. So if you happen to be a leader white, black, orange, purple, and you haven't said something, it's the same as saying that you agree, that you side with what's happening, and that is not okay. Again, I said, I don't, I don't want this to be perceived as a racial, racial conversation, but I'm a black woman who's married to a black man who may one day have a black son that I'm going to have to consciously cover instead of being able to let him go out and experience the world. And that is not okay. That is not okay. I sometimes forget that we are not substantially removed from slavery because I feel like I'm constantly reminded that in many ways we are still enslaved. I mean, we were talking about this, me and my team, that I you know, I can't just go, or black people haven't been able to just go sit in Starbucks. They can't be pulled over on the side of the road with car troubles. Like they're, this is really a problem. What's going on? What's going on? And more importantly, what are we gonna do about it? So I don't wanna use this platform to just 
talk about what's wrong with the world. You guys already know that. I wanted to offer some thoughts, some insights, and some things that I think you could be doing now to help to get through this because as a nation, we're, we're hurting, we're raw. I mean, we're still navigating COVID-19, by the way. And now we have this. And this, people are upset. And I think they have every right to be because our lives matter too. Black lives do matter. As a black woman leader, My heart just really is breaking right now. I said this earlier, but you guys, I had to beg my husband like with tears not to leave the house yesterday. I was, I was in fear that his compliance would be perceived as resistance, that it would be possible, that it could be perceived as resistance in the wake of all that's going on out there right now, another black face, to another potentially white police officer who makes a false assessment and something crazy happens. So what do we do right now? So if you two are asking yourself what's going on, here are the tips that I have for navigating this time as best as you can. Number one, pray. The Bible says to pray without ceasing, right? A lot of people have been quoting 2 Chronicles 7 and 14. If my people who are called by my name would humble themselves and pray, turn from their wicked ways, then they will hear from heaven and I will heal their land. A lot of people have been quoting that. And I don't think that they've been wrong. Our land is not well. Our country, we are allegedly the land of the free. But I have to be honest, as a Black woman right now, I'm not sure how free I feel because I'm still holed up in my home, not only because of COVID-19, but trying to minimize the possibility that I might run into someone who might be challenged by the color of my skin and act inappropriately. It's not okay. So number one, pray without ceasing. Seeks God's face anytime you feel confused, unclear, uncertain, afraid, perplexed. Pray. God's spirit, let me tell you this, it will immediately settle you and cover you in his love and his grace. Instead of reacting or retaliating, pray. None of the retaliation, being upset. I was listening to, I watched someone went live over the weekend and it made its way to my feed. And it was like, we needed a bleep out machine for all of the, the, the ex explicative language. Listen, that's my, I know people are upset. I'm upset too, but I know that's not helping anything. I think those of us who understand um, and love and, 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 and uh, trust God need to be beacons of light right now because there's not enough light pouring through all of the darkness that is happening right now in our country. And so what I'm hoping is that you have perceived this as light and that you, in stepping into the light, will join me in the light by praying without ceasing. That's number one. Number two, self-care. Listen, at times like this, you have to protect your vessel. And if you have children, whether they are white children, Asian children, black children, whatever the nationality of your children, you got to be your best self so that you can help them. I think the, the prophetic flight attendant said it best. 
secure your mask before helping those on the journey with you. So self-care. I believe in 10% of your time each week, and let's just base it on a work week. There's 168 work hours in a week. 16.8 hours need to be spent in self-care. That does not include sleep because sleep is non-negotiable. So 16.8 hours in self-care. Whatever you do to self-care. In my journal, shout out to the Incredible Factor, 90-Day Business Growth Planner. It's such a powerful tool. I have a tracker for your self-care because self-care is a very important business growth strategy. I actually interviewed Holly Rovinger, who will be featured on the podcast soon, to talk about self-care and the strategy that it is to grow your business. So that's number two. Number three, remember your big reason why and work it consistently. If you are a thought leader, you have a responsibility to respond to what's going on right now. Remember the why of your work, right? Remember you are a business owner. Remember you have a big purpose to get out into the world. And it is important that that big work not stop, but it is also important now more than ever that you speak up because the world needs what only you can deliver. You've got to do your work. You've got to show up. Now, it should be appropriate. You don't want to be completely insensitive to what's going on right now. You might have to tweak some of your copy or some of your advertising that's going out right now, just like we've been tweaking because of COVID-19. But you've got to remember why and work that why. Be the change you want to see in the world. That's what all of, every leader must rise up and be the change they want to see in the world. Change starts with you. We cannot control how the people who become police officers are raised, what beliefs are bred into them. But we can start with us and we can control something by speaking up and leveraging our voice in our platform. That's number four. Speak up. Question I want you to ask yourself is what does your community need to hear from you right now? If you don't think that what's going on is right and fair, say so. If you're doing something that will help and add value during this time, say so. I have a client, amazing client, who I saw yesterday. He and a partner are putting together a program for Black youth in Atlanta to keep them off the streets and to get them into something positive. I love that. I'm still praying on exactly what it is that I'm going to do to contribute. But best believe I'm giving money to some cause. I actually, yesterday, I made some donations to some local churches. I gave $1,000 to three local ministries yesterday just to be able to aid whatever it is that they are doing without even knowing what they are doing because I could. Right? So if you're doing something to help and add value during this time, speak up, say so. If you have Black clients and customers, you absolutely must say something. If their money was good enough to take, then you must acknowledge what they are feeling right now. You have to put them at ease so that they know that their decision to invest in themselves through you was a sound one and that they matter to you. That's probably one of the biggest disappointments that I've seen. I have an email account that has, um, that's, it's like a, I don't want to call it a ghost email account, but it's like a ghost email account. No one knows that it's me. It's in a, an arbitrary name and it's just me kind of, you know, checking the lay of the land and seeing what's going on. Um, 
and and I'm on lots of highly influenced white people's lists and they have not said anything. That's a problem. And you know what? I'm not going to spend one dime with them. If my, if my, who I am as a black person doesn't matter enough to them to even comment on what's going on in the world, then they certainly aren't getting any of my hard earned money. And you might think I'm wrong. And if you do, that's fine. But that's how I feel right now. Because it, it is not, it is not okay. I just logged into that mailbox again just to see if I um if I if if anything had changed. And it hasn't. I'm looking at email after email after email, person after person after person with no mention of what's going on right now. Shame on every single one of you. I won't say any names right now because this is not what this is for. You know who you are. Shame on you. It is not okay. This is not okay. It's such a painful time for black people. We are not okay. It's not okay. And there are many black women in my community who are listening to this right now that are exhausted, that are deflated, that are defeated. And they're asking, how do you even keep going on right now? How do you continue working and growing your business when the world you live in continues to actively and intentionally threaten not only your livelihood, but your life and the lives of the people that you love? Right? And this is, this is tough. Working on your business and growing your bottom line as a Black business owner is actually activism, if you believe that right? You have to do your powerful work in the world. You have to share your voice loudly. You have to take up space. You have to make amazing money. You have to step into your power. You have to lead. And what you need to know is that Black people winning visibly is revolutionary. And you need to let the world see you living in your purpose and winning every day, which brings me to number, number five. Show up bigger. Stop playing and praying small. That's the fifth thing we all need to do, especially people of color that are listening to this podcast right now. You got to take up space, man. We got to take up space. We have got to show that we win. We are winning. I read, I read this quote and it really brought me a tremendous amount of joy. Um, it says, to be, to be truly free, we must choose beyond simply surviving adversity. We must dare to create lives of sustained optimal well-being and joy. Listen. And I think you have to pick a side, right? I think that if you're not going to take steps to dismantle racism, then you are allowing it. And I know that might sound harsh, but what is going on? Like, why do I even have to say this right now? Why do I even have to talk about this right now? Like, it just doesn't feel good. Which brings me to number six. Check on your Black clients, friends, fam well, family, colleagues. Check on them. We are not okay. This is not okay. It is not okay. Each time a life becomes a hashtag, it's not okay. You know, when I think about 
Brianna Taylor, Brianna Taylor, Ahmaud Arbery, and George Floyd, they are only three of the most recent victims of what's going on in our country. And it is not okay that the hashtag Black Lives Matter even has to exist. And I don't necessarily want to get political, but I just felt this drop in my spirit. And so this is my party, so I'm going to cry if I want to. The system of our country elected a president that has shown himself to be racist. I hate that I have to say that. It is not easy right now to take a bold stand. And it's and it's it's even about more than what I'm saying, quite honestly. Yes, I want you to speak up. I want you to 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 figure out how you are going to help to combat this ugly system. Because we all have to do our part. Because it is not okay. We have to be willing to take the risk. Powerful, powerful quote. If you want something you've never had, you have to be willing to do something you've never done. That's part of the reason why I'm even doing this, by the way. I would much rather just keep praying over here by myself with God. I would much rather, much rather do that. But it has to happen. So let me continue my list. Um, number seven, we have got to amplify voices of color, Black voices on the in the marketplace right if you are if you are not a black person listening to this podcast but you know black entrepreneurs and leaders you need to amplify what they're posting you need to lend your platform if you are a thought leader and you have your own platform you need to lend your platform to black people you need to help make sure black voices and perspectives are heard and shared because we matter too Number eight, we have to have tough conversations with our white friends. We need to hold white leaders accountable. And you need to hold the white leaders that you follow, the white leaders that you've invested in yourself through. You need to hold them accountable. You need to tell everyone that you know that it is not okay and that you do not agree with anybody who is placating what's happening right now. You need to, number nine, you need to spend more money. How do I want to say this? I'm sorry, this is not coming out right. You need to vote with your money. Right? You know what I'm trying to say? Okay, let me try, try to say it differently. You need to let it be known that you are choosing to or not to support businesses that are not speaking up about what's going on right now. Number 10, you need to read and educate yourself. Here are some uh, books that I highly recommend and I will put them in the show notes for you as well. Um, some of the books that I think you absolutely need to add to your list. This will be my undoing, Living at the Intersection of Black, Female, and Feminist in White America by Morgan Jenkins. Why I'm No Longer Talking to White People About Race by Rennie Edo Lodge. White Rage, The Unspoken Truth of Our Racial Divide by Carol Anderson. So You Wanna Talk About Race by Ijoma Elohu. 
White Fragility by Robin D'Angelo and How to Be an Anti-Racist by Ibram X. Kendi. That's number 10. I think that you need to donate number 11 and support the fight. It's not enough to be making posts on social media and sharing stories and speaking of your outrage. It's something, but it's not enough. We got to do donate money to causes that are about demanding change. We need to contact our local government and lend our voice and we need to do it now. I'm also going to post a link to uh, something I found online. Uh, 75 things white people can do for racial justice. I'm going to post the link to that. Those are things you can start to do. You need to donate to the Minnesota Freedom Fund to cover bail and legal representation for protesters who are risking their lives and holding police and government accountable. And I think I said this, but this is going to be number 12. I'm going to say it again. You need to ask your Black clients, customers, community members if they are okay. You need to provide extra support to them right now. You might need to, if you have Black people that work for you, you might need to give them a day off. You might need to take some extra steps right now to be kind to Black people because we are not okay. And I think that this is what equality looks like, what equity looks like. And I think that we all have a responsibility. And if you think that any of the things that I've said are inappropriate and I shouldn't have said them, then you should probably unsubscribe to my podcast. You should probably get off my list and stop following me. Because I don't think you should get to enjoy my content, my teachings, and learn how to make money from me a black person and at the same time do nothing while my people are systematically attacked, being murdered and treated as less than humane. It is not okay. I will not allow it. It is not okay. What is going on? And to everyone who is listening that are ready, willing and able to step up and join the fight, I appreciate you. I'm grateful for you. I love you. Thank you. And to my Black brothers and sisters, I'm praying for you. I bid you rest and, re and restoration. We have to take care of ourselves, self-care, and we have to continue to fight. I love you. I appreciate you. I'm grateful for you. Thank you so much for allowing me the opportunity to just kind of get it all out and share what's on my chest. I welcome your thoughts. If they are positive and are gonna add value, keep them to yourself if they are not, because this is my truth. This is what's going on for me right now, because it is not okay. It is not okay, what's going on? I'll see you next time, take care. Thank you for joining me for the Leverage Your Incredible Factor Business Podcast. If after listening to this episode, you know that it's time that you stop playing and praying small. 
you should go grab my Grow Your Business Toolkit. Based on the pillars of business optimization, this toolkit is the only resource you need to get crystal clear about what it will take to take your business to the seven-figure mark. Go grab yours today at growyourbiztoolkit.com. And if you enjoyed our time together, do yourself a favor. Head on over to iTunes, subscribe, rate, and leave us a review. Until next time, remember you deserve to scale your business, shake the planet, and fund the life you crave. Take care.